It's been a minute, but we are happy to be back. Uh, welcome to Takes Two, the all things podcast about all things. My name is Christy, and I am so very happy to be your host. are coming to you, um, <clears throat> excuse me, as I mentioned, um, after a couple of weeks of hiatus, and um, I did say in my preview uh, to the episode that we'll talk a little bit about the hiatus and why it happened and how it happened and <laughs> why it was completely unintentional. Um, I did put takes to on the back burner for um, a couple of weeks, actually, um, because I things were changing. I was undergoing changes. Um, I was emerging from my cocoon to become another caterpillar. No. <laughs> um, but I was I was um, undergoing changes. Um, my major life change is uh, that I switched my job. Um, I am working at um, another place now um, and still within the, the healthcare industry, um, a little more um, closer to the actual healthcare in a way and in a way, no. Um, what is different with my job are um, is the schedule, are the hours, and, uh, you know, other things too, but let's start with the schedule and the hours. Um, so previously, uh, I was a third shift, graveyard shift, um, awake night type person. And, um, now I am more of a eight to four, eight to five person, um, who works a little bit further away. So I have a little bit of a commute. So I have to um, uh, factor that in and, uh, you know, adjust accordingly. So all of this, the bottom line of all of this was that I haven't had a whole lot of time uh, to do a lot of extra things as I'm, uh, I'm like a baby <laughs> getting used to sleeping in my bed at night. And, uh, which I haven't been doing well at all. I just, oof, it's, it's getting there. I'm getting there, but it's going to take a lot of, a lot of practice and just, uh, you know, uh, just getting in touch with my morning person self. Um, it's, uh, interesting how we change. We really change over the years. And, um, my, my prior work schedule, uh, was in accordance with twenties, <laughs> twenties, and maybe top of the early thirties, Christy, um, who you know, she was a lady who didn't need sleep ever, who <laughs> could go for days at a time, you know, on a nap, and still, uh, still, uh, just hanging out no no matter what it was just you know achieve at a at a high level and just get the job done and um you know older christy needs sleep i need sleep 
I need sleep and a routine and not to live like a vampire. Um, this, a couple of things from this transition uh, to this new schedule, new lifestyle. Uh, first of all, God bless the people who work third shift and do it well and still have the wherewithal and the discipline to lead a somewhat normal life. I mean, that takes, for the person who doesn't work that shift, I can't impress enough how much that takes. And I just, I, you know, like I said, God bless the people who can do that. That's not me. I just, I, I don't have the internal structure, the internal discipline. And two, you know, my, everything about me has changed uh, from when I was young. Uh, I'm guessing, including my circadian rhythms and my, you know, my need for sleep, or maybe I need more sleep now because I went without so much sleep for so much of my youth. Good Lord. Um, yeah. So there is that. Um, there, there was the fact that there was not, um, there, I, I just wasn't, wasn't making working that shift work. And, uh, in this whole past calendar year or so, I would say I really started, uh, last summer, um, knowing that something, something had to give, something had to give in my life. I was very, I knew that I needed to change. I was unhappy. I felt unfulfilled on so many levels. And I, you know, I had no, which we'll jump back to, we'll circle back around to in a second. I had no work-life balance. It was just, I was just in such a rut. And, um, you know, I was uh, just kind of doing the constant analysis of like, how, how do we get it? How do we get out of this? You know, just like standing down in the pit and looking up. It's, it's kind of daunting sometimes um, to really be honest about what it is you need to do to, to kind of put the, put the pickaxe in the, in the side of the ground there and kind of pull yourself up. It's, it's hard to um, evaluate what those first steps should be. Um, I thought about a lot of things. I, my analyses were, were plentiful and they were very in-depth. And in every single one, um, the thing that I didn't change was my job because I thought that my job was a fixed point. I didn't see it as a variable. I saw that I, if I were to change anything, I would have to move everything around and in accordance to my job because my job was not a, a, a variable. Um, until it was. Until it was. And I don't know what the um, 
change in my thinking was. Um, but it was correct. Judging by how things look differently, or how differently things look in a good way, um, I, I made the correct decision. And in that, um, in this whole process, um, I learned another, I think it's an interesting tenet of adulting. <laughs> Which adulting, as I'm coming to realize, like, I don't, you know, adulting, not something that I willingly do, but I do it every day. I can't avoid it. I'm really of the age that I can't avoid it. Um, I come up with different definitions of for it and of it all the time. Um, sometimes I think uh, adulting is uh, just doing things you don't want to do <laughs> because you have to do them. That's that's one of my definitions, my working definitions. I also think a big part of adulting is um, just... Uh, a continual process of finally getting those lessons that it takes you many false starts and, and many trials and error and, and all that stuff um, to, to finally learn them. And um, the one lesson I learned with finally deciding to change my job, finally deciding that the job is the thing that needed to change in order to unlock other changes in my life, um, was this, and it's an interesting lesson to learn. It's a little counterintuitive uh, to the um, ideas of like responsibility and you know all that kind of stuff that uh, all that high fluting, uh, those high fluting concepts that people and myself too associate with adulting. Um, what I learned was this: that there is never the perfect time to do anything. Like you're a fool. <laughs> You're a fool if you are uh, waiting to do a big thing until it's the perfect time, because there's never going to be enough of something. Um, things, you know, things in life. Life is not a a uh, a coin dispensing slot machine. You're never going to get a row of cherries, you know. So you are often going to have to jump. When you have two cherries and an orange and just make the best of it, you know, it's never going to be the perfect time to do anything, anything. You're not going to have enough time to do it, but you should do it anyway. You're not going to have enough money to do it or you're not going to have enough money after you do it. But um, sometimes you have to do the thing anyway, even though it would feel more comfortable to do it and would feel more comfortable to make a change if, uh, you know, everything seemed lined up and lined up and seemed, uh, you know, like it was, like it was destined, you know, preordained. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that's, that's also kind of bullshit too. I mean, <laughs> I have, I have, and maybe it's because I've been through both. Uh, this past year, I've been through a situation where everything lined up so perfectly. Uh, there was no way that it could go wrong. 
until it did. So what was I, you know, what was I waiting on the sidelines, getting all my ducks in a row for, you know, uh, for that all not to happen? And conversely, you know, why am I not taking the chance? Why am I not going for the thing um, when it's just, you know, it's it's kind of a crapshoot, but like in a in a good way, in a good and bad way. And I've always thought that was the the best and worst thing about life uh, is that um, things will happen that you can't imagine. Good things will happen that are so good that you can't imagine, you can't even imagine them beforehand. And bad things will happen that are so hard to deal with that you can't even imagine them beforehand. But um, you put both of those together and that's life. Well, I, um, I'll start by uh, giving you a little introduction and then I'll, uh, then I'll ask some questions and then I'll uh, just, just let you go and let you, let you talk. <laughs> okay, so my guest today is um, a wonderful lady, <laughs> uh, my friend who I've known for years. Uh, she is uh, intelligent and caring, and uh, she has a great sense of humor. And um, she's—I know her as in many uh, in many different capacities. I know her as a coworker and as a friend. And as a wonderful big sister. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, well, Michelle, her, her name is Michelle Miller. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think, let me see. I usually I usually have everybody start with just a little, a little um, little bio, little uh uh history. History, you know, like where you where you were born, where you grew up and and then we kind of jump off from there. Um, well, I grew up in Middleburg. Graduated from Middleburg High School in 1996. Uh, let me see. From there, I graduated from St. John Fisher College in Rochester with a bachelor's in sociology. And since 2001, I've been working with uh, individuals who are developmentally disabled. Um, first at Vanderheiden Hall, and now uh, since 2004, I've been working at the Center for Disability Services. Mm-hmm. Uh, during that time, um, in 2013, I started working with the Spina Bifida Association of Northeastern New York, also called Panini. And um, I started as secretary on the board, and I'm involved in a couple of different committees including uh, chair for Dare to Dream Committee and co-chair for Walk and Roll, which is coming up this coming week. Yes, yes, coming up on Saturday. Um, yes, it is. Yes, so we're going to talk a lot more about that. Um, do you like, you like working at the center? I love working at the center. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I've worked in the same department, actually, since I started in 2004. But um, in two different positions, I started as manager doing um, overseeing community rehabilitation and in-home respite. And in 
2016. That was a big year for me. Um, I became a program administrator, so I got a promotion then, and that's the position I'm in now. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I love it. Oh, good. I, I'm so glad that you you love it, and I uh, um, I will bet dollars to donuts that you're amazing at it. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let me see. Going back to uh, Spanini, uh, the Spina Bifida Association of Northeastern New York. Um, what what first uh, drew you into Spanini? How did you first hear about that? I first heard about it through uh, the woman who was the chair of the board at the time. Uh, she knew of my work with the center. Um, she also knew that I had spent a bit of myself and thought that I would be interested in joining the board. And so she asked me, and then met with a couple of the board members, found out what they do, was really impressed. Um, knew that it was an opportunity for for me to give back to others who have spina bifida um, and hopefully be a resource to them and uh, help Spanini uh, advance the things that they do. So I was very happily willing to join the board. They accepted me in, and they've been wonderful ever since. Um, I'm currently the vice chair, and after this, we'll hopefully take on the chair position. Yay! <laughs> Very much yay. Very much yay. Um, I, let me see. What direction do I want to go? Let's, let's, uh, can we talk a little bit about Spina Bifida first? Yes. That's a, <laughs> yes. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> kind of give people an idea of what Spanini, what our mission is. Absolutely. That makes a lot more sense. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. Um, Spina is the most common permanently disabling condition. It's a condition where the spine does not correctly develop um, in utero. Um, and um, Spina is a condition that uh, develops during the first trimester and affects the mobility of those uh, who have the condition. Uh, most people who have the condition. Some people go through life and don't even know that they have it, believe it or not. Wow. The um, most have mobility issues. Uh, sometimes it uh, affects other people, portions of an individual's life, such as um, developmental disabilities, um, uh, certainly ability to walk, um, uh, bladder, sometimes bowel issues. Um, and the focus of Spinini is to help support those with spina bifida uh, and their families, their um, circle of support. So the beautiful thing about Spinini is that it doesn't just support the individual, it supports their caregivers, their parents, their, fam their extended families uh, available for any questions or, you know, uh, any resources that we can offer. Um, those who are affected by spina bifida in any way. Um, and that's one of the things that I love most about being a part of the organization is that we don't just focus on the individual with spina bifida. It branches out too much further than that. Absolutely. I think it's, um, 
I think it's really great and it's really um, important to, uh, you know, that uh, Spinini supports, they like support the support network. So that's really, you know, that's that's an important, um, it's important that they, they realize that and that they're, you know, they're a resource for yeah. all the people. Yes, because sometimes, many times, um, not even specialists know a lot about Spina So it's difficult sometimes to find adequate um, care regarding Spina Bifida because a lot of people just don't know a lot about it. Right, right. And um, actually, the uh, the uh, association's website, um, the S-B-A-N-E-N-Y uh, dot org, I believe, right? That is correct. Oh, right. Yay, I have it, I have it right up here. Um, they are, uh, they, uh, not only do they provide a good, um, you know, calendar of upcoming event, events, but they do um, have a lot of uh, reading and information. Um, they even have um, like a like a library of books that they recommend um, if you wanted to mm-hmm. learn more about spina bifida. And I, I I thought that was fantastic and wonderful. Yeah, and included in that is a resource for uh, new parents who find out they're having a child with spina bifida um, to help right from the beginning and. Uh, to not only focus on what the challenges may be, but what the opportunities are. Because all too often, the focus is on what they're not going to be able to do or they may not be able to do, instead of what the possibilities are and what they could still do. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And if we're... Oh, no, go ahead. Which is great, which is great. And, and it's, it's so important, like you point out, it's so important um, to focus on uh, the possibilities and the opportunities. And um, I would I would bet that um, um, going into uh, the subject of assumptions um, that people kind of bring to the table, maybe not even realizing them, I'm sure that that's one of the the even like I said, even if it's unintentional, I'm sure that's one of the bad assumptions that people have um, are about, you know, limitations. And I'm sure that the majority of people don't um, realize, you know, how uh, capable and uh, able, you know, people with uh, spina bifida are. Yeah, that is one of the biggest challenges to overcome those assumptions and stereotypes. Um, that we need to be cared for, that uh, we're not capable of doing things on our own, um, that we're constantly going to need someone there with us. Uh, in reality, someone with spina bifida can lead a very typical life, you know, go to school, graduate, uh, drive, go to college, work, get married, have kids. Um, those are all possibilities for people with spina bifida, just like they are for for everybody else. Um, and part of the challenge is trying to debunk the, uh, the myths and stereotypes that people still have. And matter of fact, we're doing a webinar this Friday, or Wednesday, I'm sorry, on May 12th, and uh, that's going to be the focus, is debunking um, stereotypes and disabilities. Well, that's fantastic, that's fantastic. 
Um, now, the webinar, is that open uh, to anybody who wants to learn more information? Absolutely. Um, all they have to do is contact us through our website, and um, our executive director will, um, will hook them up. Oh, fantastic. So, um, again, for the listeners, that's on taking place on Wednesday the 12th, right? So, yes. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So great. Well, thanks for, um, thanks for, you know, really uh, going into um, Spinini, um, which, uh, and you were telling me before, um, even the name itself is a little bit of a misnomer because you guys don't uh, just cover Northeastern New York, correct? That is correct. Um, Spinini, uh, again, refers to Southern Association of Northeastern New York. And while most of our programming is here in the Capital Region, we are the only chapter in New York. So we do offer resources and support as much as we can to anywhere in the state. Typically more um, southern and western part of the of the state, but we are a resource to anyone that reaches out to us in New York. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Um, I... Just judging, judging by your um, involvement and the timeline of your involvement, um, I'm guessing there there wasn't um, or there wasn't access to uh, like like a group like this uh, for you when you were growing up. And um, what what do you think that that uh, that that would have meant, and you know how would it have uh, have helped? Uh there was not. Um, uh, the Sinabasana Association of Northeastern New York was established in 1993. Mm. And um, I did not know about it until I was older. And I wish I had because it is such an incredible support. Um, and um, I really believe that I would have benefited from that. And that makes me all the more committed to being a part of the organization because I want to be a resource and a support to other individuals who are growing up with uh, spina bifida. And uh, I hope that I can do that. Absolutely. I mean, you you are already and you will continue to do that. And I think that is an awesome, an awesome thing to, you know, to commit yourself to. I, I think it's just, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. I love it. And I was so excited to get involved with it. And it has not failed me at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, yeah, I've been on the board now, like I said, since 2013. And uh, I had to roll off one year. I had to take a hiatus due to our bylaws. And um, I missed it while I was while I was off the board. And, uh, right. Each 
is that is fantastic. That is the type of uh, that is the type of group you want to be a part of. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's, the, it's the type of group I, I want to be a I, part I, of. Our executive director, Julie Best, is amazing. She is a super advocate for uh, the people that we support. And um, she's really moved the organization forward in the short time that she's been executive director. She started off as a case manager with us and is now our executive director, and we are so lucky to have her. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. I mean, you, you, the organization does wonderful work. Um, really, like wonderful work with a a soul and like a, a really good, clear-eyed mission. And and that is, um, I think that just makes for uh, for a, a great organization and, and you know people doing uh, doing great things. I I just I I love it. I can't. Uh, I can't. I was introduced to Spinini uh, through you and uh, through the research that I've uh, done. It just, I, I'm just awed. I, I am awed and wowed by um, all of the, the good stuff they did. They do, you know? We are busy. We have a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and um, as I said, we've got the webinar on, well, it's actually a webinar, but same idea. And uh, this coming Saturday, we have a virtual walk and walk. Woo! And we're super excited for that. Um, the walk and roll is uh, it's a fundraiser, um, but it's also um, traditionally when we can get together in person, a very good networking um, experience because you get to talk with others with kind of a um, other families that are affected by spina bifida and friends. And um, it's just a wonderful, wonderful event that uh, I'm proud to be a part of and proud to be a co-chair for. And uh, next year, we're hoping, uh, COVID willing, that we can be in person again. That will <laughs> um, be. But for this year, we are virtual, and our, our goal is the same, is to... Um, put the word out there about Spina Bifida and what the Spina Bifida Association does and uh, to raise a little money if we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will. Um, I will. Well, we're talking about it now um, in conjunction um, with the show and uh, especially this episode, I will put all, all the links um, so people can, you know, dive right in find uh, more information um, still is there still um, there's still ways to uh, sign up and participate for the walk and roll right yes there is. if you go to our website there's a link to the walk and roll um, you can support people that are already registered or we are still taking people that want to participate as registered and do the walk and roll themselves and help raise money um, so there's that and we're doing a bottle drive um, on Saturday right at the office so people can uh, bring their returnables to the office and whatever money we collect from that goes straight to uh, the Center Bifida Association programming. That is fantastic. Um, yeah, uh, everybody's got returnables, so it's, <laughs> it's a great way to... 
I'm, I'm laughing because I'm thinking, oh, my friends know how to do so many things, and one of them is drink. So, <laughs> so they have all the returnables. Um, what is the uh, what's the address of the office so we can we can drop those off? It's one twenty three Saratoga Road in Scotia. Okay, all right, fantastic. I will. I will have some myself, actually, <laughs> to bring by. So that'll be good. That'll be really, really good. Nice. Well, I'll put it on the state sale that day, and I have to tell you, I know the person who's making a lot of the state goods, and she is amazing. Nice. <laughs> so if you're really in the baked goods, you want to step over to the office on Saturday. That is fantastic. We we like baked goods. <laughs> we do, we do. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. So lots of lots of good things uh going on. Lots of good things yes. going on. Um yes. what is your um most favorite um spinini activity? Oh my goodness! Uh, I don't know that I can narrow it down to one. See, that's that's good. That's the mark of a good. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's tough to to narrow that down. Um, I love being a resource to others and working with the group that uh, is a part of Spinini. Um, aside from our executive director and the case manager that we have. Um, in the office, everyone else is volunteers. One of the things that I love working uh, about working with Benini is the, the positivity and the um, the positive outlook that it has for people who's trying to benefit it. It doesn't. It acknowledges the challenges, but at the same time, believes that we can work through those challenges yes yes which is that that's i i i think that's the best approach for for anything really i mean you you know you um acknowledge it yes like you said but like not um not as something that has to um hold you back or or limit you absolutely exactly exactly um as a um with the committees that we have going there are many and um we're always looking for new volunteers there's um the different fundraisers that we do there's committees that oversee a lot of um some of the functions that we do yeah um uh, let me reword that uh sorry no you're <laughs> fine my, my brain is not working <laughs> We we have uh, uh, several committees um, as part of the organization that, and we are always looking for volunteers uh, for those committees. We're also looking for people that may want to join the board. Um, do you want to jump on a committee to learn the organization first and then possibly become a board member? That's great. Uh, if you've got board experience and you feel like you want to jump right in to the board, um, we're open to that too. We're always looking for people with a wide variety of expertise so that we're a well-rounded board. And uh, we really feel that that's the best 
way that we can support the folks that we do. Um, we hit everybody um, as best we can. Fantastic. So to close, and then we'll we'll go, well, not too close, to almost close. We'll talk about three random things, and then we'll go back to Spadini. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> knowing you, uh, well, actually, we'll talk about four random things because I okay. know I know you um, from a place called How Caverns. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> and those were just some fun times. That was just such a um, an amazing place to work. And uh, oh we had so much fun. We um, did. I look back at the pictures from there, and there are plenty. Um, <laughs> and I just smile every time I see them because we had so much fun. Me too. And I'm getting very, uh, I'm, I, as I'm getting to be an old lady, I'm getting very nostalgic. So when, <laughs> when I look back at those pictures, um, they really, they really do make me smile. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I do. I too get nostalgic when I look at them. Right. Oh, my goodness. How was it that? Was it really that long ago? <laughs> I know. I know. Seriously. Um, I, I am. don't want to think about how long ago it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's no way we're that old. <laughs> there's just, just no possible way. I am think. I'm really thinking of. I uh, have to like plan and and uh, put things in place, but I'm um, really thinking about doing an episode around um, the cave and some of the old school members of the staff who used to work with us way back when. So I think that'll be a uh, fun. <laughs> that would be awesome. Count me in. Absolutely, I will completely keep you posted about that. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> So the next thing, um, I know because I've eaten here with you that you enjoy a place called Little Italy <laughs> in Colbuskill. <laughs> yes, I miss Little Italy. We definitely have to get back there. I know um, we, we had a we had a standing kind of like a quarterly. Well, when we were doing good, it was like monthly, but and sometimes it would kind of drop back to quarterly kind of uh, friend get-together at uh, Little Italy, which was always fun. Yes, we had some interesting conversations. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Off the top of your head, what is your favorite thing to order at Little Italy? Oh, um, gotta be the um, Alfredo. Mm, yes. The pasta Alfredo, so good. That is a solid, so solid choice. <laughs> yeah. Solid, solid choice. So my next yeah. random topic. My next random topic. The are awesome. They are. They're absolutely awesome. Good plug for Little yeah. Italy. They are a great place. Yeah. My, my next uh, quick random topic. How are the Red Sox looking so far this season? <laughs> oh, they are looking good. I'm 
that sucks realist, however, and I know that there will be bumps in the road throughout the season. Um, but <laughs> I'm I'm optimistic. So good. Uh, keeping my fingers crossed. Good. I see. I have no horse in any of all of Major League Baseball, so I'll I'll root for the Red Sox too. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic well listen i need to profusely and profusely uh double and triple thank you uh because um this in a thousand percent honesty space this is our second interview because christy um watched the audio on the first interview <laughs> so <laughs> i especially want to thank my friend michelle for uh being so so willing to to uh come back and talk about um you know the spina bifida association all the good work that they do the upcoming walk and roll uh the upcoming webinar on wednesday um and just you know the the all the stuff that they're they're um out there doing so um any anything else that you want to add about uh spanini before we we sign off uh not that i can think of i just want to thank you so much for allowing me to talk about the sign of association of northeastern new york and um giving me the opportunity to do this and um putting out there what it is that we do and hopefully um Hopefully, encouraging people to get involved. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's an amazing an amazing organization that does amazing work for an amazing cause. So that's what we're what we're and, all about. And I am and I am perfectly okay that I had to do this twice, or we had to do this twice because I will talk about Spinini until Tuesday. So there I'm we good. go. <laughs> there we go. I'm gonna hold you to that too. I'm gonna to have you have you back for other events, and it's it's gonna be you're a friend of the show now, so you're gonna be a recurring guest. <laughs> awesome, awesome, anytime. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again, and have a good night. Thank you too. Okay, and we will talk soon. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. 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 
So that is all she wrote uh, for her first episode back. <laughs> Thank you to Michelle Miller for being my guest. Um, we may trend towards shorter episodes. We'll see. Um, this one is purposefully not a supersized crazy episode um, because what I want you to do is to go to Spanini's website. It's S-B-A-N-E-N-Y dot org. Or you can, um, you know, you can uh, search it, the Spina Bifida Association of Northeastern New York. Um, They, I feel like my face is blue now from saying that they're great, but they are great. They really are great um, with, you know, education, outreach, and events. It's a really, you know, if you're sitting there thinking, um, I would like to get involved and contribute to something worthy and worthwhile, but I don't know where to start and I don't know how. Uh, start there. Start there. Um, I will give this episode that little bit of homework. Uh, check out the website. Um, check out... Uh, uh, how to get involved with the uh, the walk and roll or any number of the wonderful events uh, that they they put on. Um, just just go go check it out in lieu of uh, listening to me babble for another fifteen or so minutes. <laughs> go and check it out. Um, I hope to keep coming with the episodes. That will be my uh, renewed commitment. I have been doing interviews in this time, so I do have. I do have content uh, to post. So uh, we'll get back into the swing of more regular episodes because I really like doing this. Um, so, you know, thanks for thanks for hanging with me. Thanks for continuing to listen and being a, a, a great audience. And just remember, um, wherever you are, make that place better because you are there. Until next time. All right, just a few uh, references to take us out. Um, Little Italy is a tasty, 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 they're tasty purveyors of fine Italian cuisine. Um, they're located at 115 Plaza Lane in Cobleskill, New York. Um, for anyone who uh, isn't a local yokel or who doesn't know of the tastiness of Little Italy, um, I can't I can't recommend them highly enough. They, they just go there eat your face off, and <laughs> have a ball. Um, next, uh, How Caverns um, is an underground cavern uh, with the lake. They offer tours and boat rides. Um, they are a wonderful place to visit. Um, you can find their information. They have some information on their site um, about when they're opening up for the season, um, etc., etc., uh, you will find in many of my talking to people, friends in my podcast, that many of my friends I met at working at How Caverns. <laughs> it was a wonderful place to work. Um, I met wonderful people, and uh, we will definitely revisit all of this uh, in a future episode. Just having to try to think of how I'm going to do this alumni 
uh, podcast. It's a good, it's a good uh, problem to sort out. Doris Kearns Goodwin is um, an eminent uh, presidential historian. Uh, she uh, is an international keynote speaker, a Pulitzer Prize winning author. Um, she uh, she does a lot of interviews, like on the news and on late night programs. Um, whenever you see her and hear her speaking, listen. Um, she's just a, a, a wonderful historian. Um, really knows how to uh, spin a yarn. But it's about history, about factual stuff. She has a way uh, of a wonderful way of putting things. Um, she's written books on um, Lincoln, both Roosevelt's, uh, Johnson. Um, just really, really fascinating stuff. Um, if you like the movie, if you like Steven Spielberg's film Lincoln, um, Goodwin's book uh, entitled Team of Rivals, The Political Genius of Abraham Lincoln was the basis for that film. Um, wherever you can, do check her out. The Boston Red Sox are currently atop the AL East. Uh, so, so that's good. We'll see how uh, they hold for the rest of the season. Um, and that's all of my uh, baseball knowledge. I am not a very knowledgeable baseball lady. Um, I do enjoy live baseball. I've looked at Fenway a number of times, but I just, I can't, I can't watch it on TV. That's just me. Um, what else? There was another thing. Or maybe there wasn't. Maybe I went through it all. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this off so it doesn't turn into a supersized episode as I promised it wouldn't. Go check out Spadini's website and um, you know contribute, help, get on some committees, uh, drop off some bottles, whatever you can to help this uh, fabulous organization. Thank you, and until next time.